Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. Welcome back to Rocky Talkie. I'm Nikki. I'm Aaron. And I am John. Hi, John and Aaron. It's so nice to hear from you guys again. I've been gone for so long. Shut up, Nikki. Aren't you going to ask where I've been? Absolutely not. Where have you been, Nikki? Well... I'll tell you, this weekend, you know, feeling very crazy and spontaneous, very much not like the other girls, I went to Ohio. Aren't you going to ask what's in Ohio? (laughs) Why? What's in Ohio? I went to Ohio for literally zero reason. I literally just went to Ohio because I wanted to see Ohio. So I drove eight hours there and back, and I saw a field of concrete corn, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's exactly what's in Ohio. As somebody who has been to Ohio approximately twice in his life, yeah, that that tracks. Yep. Yeah. Corn. Cleveland has like approximately two buildings in it. Aren't you guys going to ask what concrete corn is? No. What's concrete corn, Nikki? (laughs) So, you know, we drove eight hours to Ohio and we were like, what are we going to do for fun? We need to find something to do. So we looked up like, what's fun around here? And it just said a cornfield and it was like two miles away. And we were like, that is so threatening and so exciting. We're going to have to go. So we drive these two miles ready to like graze on some corn and we get there and it's like a hundred yards of just concrete statues of corn stalks. We literally had to like pull over and take a moment to just kind of take in like what, like what? Who's like, you know what I, you know what I'm going to do with my life, my passion project? I'm going to just build these corn structures and place them throughout Ohio and just like offend Eastern people. So you mean to tell me that you just completely went by the only decent city in Ohio, in Cleveland, to go to Columbus? Oh, yes. Yes, I was in Columbus. Why? How did you know I was in Columbus? I didn't say that. Columbus is where the corn stalk, like, art installation is. On TikTok, they said it's called Cornhenge. I hate that, and it's in Columbus. You you were really on a road, and you went, we could either go to Cleveland, which at least has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but no, let's go look at a bunch of concrete <laughs> slabs of corn. We stayed in a Marriott in Columbus, Ohio. We ate at a Waffle House. We drank Mountain Dew. It's the American dream. This sounds like a catastrophe of a trip. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great weekend. I I would argue I had a better weekend than both of you combined. I saw West Virginia. I'm sorry. West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Mountain Mama. Take take me me home. home. Country roads. Can we get DMCA'd for that, Meg? Cool. (laughs) Anyway, why don't I tell you what I did this weekend? You can't top mine, but you could try. I moved. Still. (laughs) We're still moving. We still don't have a couch. Half of our furniture isn't built. And Savannah's father comes to visit us tomorrow. Oh. Oh, no. Yippee. And I cannot stress this enough. Skippy. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's basically everything I did. We're still in the process of moving in. Adam, Savannah, and our friend Emily are currently at our old apartment cleaning it and getting it ready to be put back up. So hopefully we can get some semblance of our security deposit back, which would be really, really, really nice. I unfortunately could not go because I'm currently at work. I'm recording this while I am on the clock, so I was not able to go and help them clean up. But I wish them the best of luck. I'm going to say by like the next time that we record, we'll be like halfway moved in. Fingers crossed. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? What's going on with you? Well, I am currently recording this from our new apartment in Manhattan. Yay. Very exciting. Absolutely nothing is really set up here yet. So I'm on Meg's laptop. She's on my laptop. My microphone is sitting on a box. I'm practically sitting on a box. It's very exciting, but we have so much unpacking to do that it is daunting. But we're almost there. We are almost done with it. I'm so excited. We are in Manhattan now. It's going to be super cool. Yes. 
And speaking of having busted my ass this week, getting moved and spending the past couple of days trying desperately to transform our new apartment from a box-filled storage unit into, you know, an apartment, today we've got something we're going to frame as a special treat for all of our listeners. You're welcome. We are going to be airing our live episode from Tesseract's Staycation Con. Yeah, because until Netflix gets their shit together and starts licensing RHPS con videos, all our devout fans who weren't able to make it to the con will be missing out on that three-course snack snack, and we can't have that. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, are these fuckers being hung over elementary school teachers and trying to show a video instead of teaching an actual class? The answer is, yes, yes we are. Mm-hmm. But we also had such a great time doing Rocky Talkie Live. We were thrilled at how that episode turned out and are incredibly excited to share it now with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, it was a really fun topic to research and to talk about. Like, it was an absolute roller coaster of a story full of craziness and community drama. And it was a lot of fun. So anyway, we think you guys are really going to love it. We certainly do. But before we get started with today's stuff, quick disclaimer, guys. So this is our con episode. When we did this at con, there was a visual component to it. There was a slideshow that we played along with it. It had some photos in it, and there's some video at the end. If you're interested in that, go check it out on our YouTube. It's going to be up there, bigger, longer, uncut, exactly the way that we all like it. And you'll all be able to see the videos we're talking about and the pictures that we're looking at, along with our beautiful faces. If not... Enjoy our talking into your ear holes. So, without further ado, roll that beautiful bean footage. Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. Welcome to Rocky Talkie. I'm Nikki. I'm Aaron. And I am John. And this is Rocky Talkie. Live! Live in front of your face. For those yes. of you who may have just wandered into the Zoom room by accident, Rocky Talkie is a podcast where we talk about news and current events in the Rocky Horror community and the shadow casting community. We also deep dive into a new topic every week to try and learn about the history of the show we're all obsessed with and the community we're a part of. So by far, the most educational segment of our show is called Nikki Asks a Question. And as every kid knows, the educational rides at Disney World are by far the most fun. Oh my fucking God, Aaron, you would. Which is why we've decided to make today's panel an extra special extended edition of Nikki Asks a Question. I'll show you an extended edition. Please don't. <laughs> As we run through our show, if you think oh, of any questions for us, either the content we're covering or just our show in general, go ahead and pop them in the chat. We'll do our best to answer them at the end of the sesh if time allows. So without any further ado, let's head into one, one and only segment this week. Nikki asked the Nikki question. Nikki asked the question. <sighs> Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, boys. It's our big special live Tesseract Staycation Con Nikki Asks a Question extravaganza. And I would only think that it's fitting, like, while we're here on Zoom, in the middle of probably one of the weirdest Rocky Horror conventions that has ever or will ever exist, to throw it all the way back to the first Rocky Con. I want to do a bit of a look how far we've come. I don't think anyone would have ever imagined back when Rocky came out that almost 50 years later, we'd be not just doing a convention, but an entirely virtual convention. I mean, like, how could they? After one of the most difficult years for our entire Rocky family, let's kick it back old school. Way, way back. Tell me all about Rocky Con one. So for those of you who may not tune in every week to hear us idiots talk about Rocky, this is the part of our usual show where we do a deep dive onto a topic. Sometimes it's submitted by a listener. Sometimes Nikki thinks one up or our producer Meg or whatever. This became the basis for our Nikki asks a question segment or knack for short. Aaron will do a ton of research. So me and Nikki don't got to do jack shit claiming that this justifies all of the dumb Rocky books that he owns and squeeze out a tiny morsel of condensed knowledge that becomes the script for this segment. It's a, a knack snack, if you will. Also, what better opportunity than a con to pull back the curtain a little bit on our process? 
So come on, gents, don't leave me hanging. RockyCon one, go. Well, okay. First things first. I'm the realist. Damn it, John. Uh, RockyCon one was not the first Rocky convention. The fuck you say? The convention. Mm-hmm. RockyCon one. Yeah. Uh-huh. The first fan club convention. Yes. Not the first Rocky convention. Yeah, not not even close to the first, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Is Rambo 1 not the first Rambo movie? No, that was Rambo First Blood. Is Air Force 1 not the first plane? No, uh, that's the right flyer. Is Metallica's 1 not their first song? Uh, no, that was a song called Hit the Lights. Ew, Aaron, you listen what? to Metallica? What? Fuck you, they fuck. <laughs> no, so why the fuck is Rocky Con 1 not the first Rocky Con? This better be good. Let's go. Tell me a story. So this is the part where Aaron pulls out his copy of Creatures of the Night and starts to pray for answers from his patron saint, Sal Piero. Listen, he has never let me down before. And sometimes for one of these Nikki asked a question segments, like we can crib directly from Sal's gospel in our holy book, Creatures of the Night. Part one or part two? Or is Creatures of the Night part one not the first fucking book either? No, no, no. You got that one, right? Okay. So, in fact, the first Rocky event, and I'm going to call it an event instead of a con, was held at the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas, and was organized to celebrate the first year of Rocky playing as a midnight movie. It took place April 23rd, 1977, and was called the Rocky Horror Birthday Party. Hold on. Now, I know the gospel of Sal pretty well. And Creatures of the Night does not actually mention this thing, like, at all. So where does this come from? I've actually seen this one. I know how to internet. This one is listed on the Rocky Horror Wiki. That's over at RockyHorrorWiki.org and is maintained by Troy Martin and a whole host of other contributors. Reportedly, there was an audience of over 1,300 people who saw the guests of honor, Tim motherfucking Curry and Cheech and Chong, be awarded with a certificate of honorary citizenship by the mayor of Austin. It's also reported that they had a live band and a costume contest with the winner walking away with an original Frank corset, either from the play or the movie. The record's a little hazy there. Um, I'm sorry. They just gave an original Frank corset to some random fucking dude in fucking Texas. That's like, that is so many dollars. That is a lot of dollars. And he just won it. Man, you know, I bet his costume wasn't even that good. So you actually see this a lot at these very early Rocky events where they give away screen use costumes, like literally from the movie. The organizers and the stars, they would like dole them out for costume contests or raffles or just all kinds of things. We're going to have quite a few more instances of original costumes just being around as we go through these first couple of conventions. So, okay. There were no panels, no big events, no performances. I don't think anyone even played a single round of Jackbox. Who and wants a costume- it then? <laughs> <laughs> and a costume contest? We all know you can't do those at a convention anymore. No, I don't think that one counts. If you wound me up just to tell me there was a birthday party before RockyCon 1, we're going to have words. Oh, no, 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 no. We have a long way to go before we get to RockyCon 1. We've got a whole hour to fill here, you know, and I only last like 30 seconds. We know, John. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I tend to agree with Nikki. Like this first one doesn't really count. I, I'm sure it was an awesome, huge event, but also like not a con. Um, so in order to see the series of events that led up to Rocky Con 1, like we have to go back to the beginning. Of Creatures of the Night? Well, the start of Rocky in general. So yeah, Creatures. Okay, but I I promise we've got a ton of details. And despite what my lovely co-host might say, our info for our episodes doesn't just come from Creatures. Uh, Far, far, far from it. And like you guys in chat, you all probably own copies of Creatures of the Night. This would be pretty fucking boring if we were just going to sit here and read straight from Creatures. Right, of course. So first up, let's read from Creatures (laughs) of the Night. God 
damn it, Aaron. Okay, I promise. So just bear with me for a minute, because to understand the series of events that lead up to Rocky Con 1, there's there's just a lot more at play here. So we've got to talk about the fan club. We've got to talk about Sal Piro and, of course, all the folks from the Waverly in New York City. And, and this quote uh, from Sal, from Creatures, it, it kind of sets the entire stage. Right. So Sal says... After all, the original reason for starting the fan club was to have a convention. God damn it, John. Is that that's what my, he sounds like? Yeah, that's exactly what Sal Piero sounds oh, like. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. make, make sure uh, if anyone on this call uh, knows Sal Piero, let him know that John from Rocky Talkie does the greatest impression of him. <laughs> God, please don't. But really, though, Sal kickstarted the whole fan club just for a convention? I mean, of course. It's hard to appreciate now, but the entire idea of a fan club around a movie was pretty crazy. You had Star Trek fans who did their own conventions. There were a few other fandoms, but well, as you can see from Sal's first president's message from the very first issue of the Transylvania newsletter, it was still a little out there. Right. And he said, uh, I know that to most neophytes and virgins, a fan club for a movie sounds bizarre. But let me say that to anyone who has experienced the absolute pleasure of seeing Rocky Horror, this is not bizarre, but merely something that had to be. Sal Piero. I feel like I should be reading that in my best, like, Tom Hanks or, like, Ken Burns instead of, like, a Rob Paulson or whatever. I mean, I can get behind that. Do you want to take it again? This is a live podcast, Aaron. We don't get retakes. Right. Um, okay. So our journey to Rocky Con 1. Uh, there's another tidbit in Transylvanian 1 that I think we should really hit on. Uh, if you want to go forward, sweetie. Uh, just a few pages later, uh, a very few, Larry Forer announces the chartering of the fan club and announces Rocky Con 1. And they promise so many things. The world. Like, we'll see how well that works out for them. A time warp dance, a banquet, films, contests, quiz shows, guests at a major hotel in Manhattan. At the Four Seasons, totally awesome hotel, not a landscaping company at all. But as we'll see, uh, the best laid plans don't always come together as you would expect. Uh, Just ask anyone who's tried to organize a Rocky Con since then. (laughs) And also, let's point out here that the fan club group, the group that was founded out of the Waverly, had their sights set on putting together a real-life convention only a few months away. Transylvanian 1 dropped in January of 1978. They're talking about throwing a convention that spring. That's insane. Right. And on top of that, they formed the fan club. They started putting out issues of the Transylvanian fanzine. They started planning a convention. And as I'm sure everyone here can relate, they did that all on top of the performances every weekend at the Waverly Theater. But as we all know, if you've got too many irons in the fire, someone might just beat you to the punch. Sal tells this story in Creatures, and I just love it. One night at the Waverly, a man approached Sal and the Waverly regulars and told them about a convention he was planning at a concert hall in Long Island. He said he had booked the stars from the film, that there would be dealers and a costume contest and all sorts of things. That guy was John Mandraccia, and they didn't believe him. Oops. <laughs> but they had a lot of other things on their mind, right? At the end of January that same year, 1978, uh, Rocky in New York lost its home at the Waverly Theater. So this group that had formed the fan club, they put out the Transylvanian and were in the process of planning Rocky Con 1, they were all just spread to the wind. And meanwhile, they probably should have just listened to that John guy because apparently he fucks. On February 20th, 1978, and that's barely a month later, he and his friend Paul Spiegel threw the very first Rocky Horror Convention. Although, if you were to go by just Creatures of the Night, you'd be a little confused because in it, Sal says the event was in 1977. Uh, That's a typo. You literally have the flyer for the event sitting right next to the section in Creatures that describes it. And the dates on there are very clearly Monday, February 20th. The 20th of February was not on a Monday in 1977. It was definitely 1978. Sorry, Sal. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, Sal. We're not going to beat you up over a dumb little typo any more than that. 
But this does illustrate a great point about why we are so careful to find as many sources as possible when we're digging into Rocky history. We're very lucky that because the community started off so fanatical, we have so much history to draw on. I know Aaron's got a massive library of books and fanzines that helps us trace through these early days and plenty of members of the community that love to chime in and help us out. But I think we all know how fickle memories can be. So having period pieces like the fanzines is super useful, as we'll see in just a second. Right, because in April of 1978, uh, Transylvanian Issue 2 comes out, and it has a great write-up of the events from Rocky Con 1. They, they did indeed get the stars, right? Richard, Pat, Nell, and Meatloaf all trekked out to Long Island to the Calderon Concert Hall in Hempstead, New York, and oh boy, did they put on a show. And what exactly happened at that show, well. So we know that Sal warmed up the crowd. We know Richard sang science fiction double feature. We know that Dory, uh, Dory Hartley, sang Sweet Transvestite. There was a costume contest. And we know that the fan club organized the whole floor show for the movie. But most importantly, I got to know, what did the winner get for the costume contest? Did they get the car from the fucking wedding scene? <laughs> Close. According to Transylvanian number two, the winner won Richard's personal script from the film. And get this, a whopping $50. One of these things is not like the other. Seriously, who wants a script? Yeah, exactly. Give me that 50 fucking dollars. <laughs> Let's go right here. Oh, man. Okay, so here's where history gets a little blurry, okay? In Creatures, uh, Sal says that there were 10 finalists for the costume contest. Uh, the issue of the Transylvanian says that there were 21, and yes, they both agree Sal was a finalist in his Janet costume. Yeah, not a big deal. Numbers are really hard to remember. Right. Uh, according to Sal in Creatures, uh, Meatloaf sang Hawk patootie but uh the report in transylvanian claims that meatloaf had the flu the whole re weekend so richard had to step in and sing the song for him well oops which one was it uh, honestly i have no idea like i only had time to dig through this and like research it you think i also hunted down people who were at the first gen in 1978 like no these old fuckers don't grow on trees like <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of a mystery but all in all sounds like a pretty good time Right. But I've left out the best part of the Transylvanian review, though. So this was written by a guy named Eric Kleiman, and he reports uh, that some people insisted on calling the event a presentation and not a convention. Ooh, drama. Uh, but that's not even it. Here is what is probably my favorite quote in any fanzine that like I've ever seen. So here, read this next one. All right. I'm going to like put my 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 nose up for this one because it's like this person is 100% like one of those people that just looks like this, right? It lacked organization and a good program of events. The rock band Twisted Sister really shouldn't have been there. More time should have been devoted to Rocky. I'm sorry. Like fucking what? Is that like like the actual Twisted Sister? Like we're not gonna take it. Like, I wanna rock. Rock! Like that twisted sister, twisted sister. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, it is. They were based out of Long Island in the late 70s. They did events and whatever gigs they could get. And this is not the only source that confirms it. I've heard plenty of rumors around the community that they planned, that they were there, that they played the event. Uh, they did some of their own songs and they were the backing band for the film Stars. But I, I was really blown away when I actually saw this in a period article. And one that even on top of that was like, boy, I sure wish that that iconic 80s rock band hadn't been there so we could see them play before they blew up into a big international stars. <laughs> Like, I mean, to be fair, they weren't famous yet. Maybe they weren't that good. Maybe we didn't miss anything. Sure, Jan. <laughs> so, damn it. After... Janet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's topical. So, okay. After the success of this first Rocky convention, uh, Transylvanian Issue 3 comes out. And 
it also contains a bit of a downer. Uh, it reveals that the fan club uh, was going to miss its self-imposed deadline to host the Rocky Con 1 uh, in that spring. So instead, they promise a crazy event to be held at the Beacon Theater on June 6th. And, well, a, a few more promises were made. I mean, you can be the judge on these. That's a lot of stars. I wonder if they'll be able to deliver on that. Yo, spoiler alert. They didn't. <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, in upstate New York, you have another fanzine that's being published by Greg Kurtz out of Albany. So in the first issue, it teases the second Rocky Horror Convention. Again, this is out of Long Island. And again, produced by John, Mandrach- John Mandrachia and Paul Spiegel. So while John and Paul and George and Ringo were putting together the second Rocky convention. The fan club is having a really tough time putting together Rocky con one in July of 1978. The former Ravenly crew finally found its way home to Manhattan this time at the eighth street playhouse in the village. And everyone knows about eighth street. This was the theater that the New York cast performed at well into the eighties and the home base for the fan club and really the entire fan phenomenon as it exploded into the national consciousness at the end of the seventies. You saw it in fame. You saw it in all the TV clips and news articles and photos. It was everywhere. And around the same time with the July issue of the Transylvanian, it's revealed that the planned convention for June had to be canceled. Sal goes into a little bit of detail. So apparently the outside production team didn't give any notice or explanation for why the event was canceled. And anyone who bought tickets through uh, anyone who bought tickets for the con through the producers instead of the fan club, they just lost their money. And that sucks, Rip. And unfortunately, it it set back the fan club for pretty much the entire remainder of 1978. You also have all of the drama occurring with the fan club wars throughout that year. So the the fan club, what? We've only got time for one next snack today. Sorry, Nikki, we'll have to save that one for the next convention. Roy, we saved that one for the next convention. Well, also, for madness. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) well, with the fan club having its hands full with whatever that is, it gave the team from Long Island the opportunity to step it up again for a second convention. On Sunday, October 8th, 1978, the second Rocky Horror Picture Show convention was again hosted out in Long Island. This time, they got even more stars. Jonathan Adams, Patricia Quinn, Susan Sarandon, Tim Curry, and Kimmy Wong. Yeah, uh, Sal forgets to mention Kimmy in Creatures of the Night, uh, but we know she was there from accounts in the Transylvanian Upstate fanzine. And I mean, here is a picture from the event taken by uh, Marie Scuderi. Uh, It's courtesy of RockyHorrorWiki.org. You might recognize Pat Quinn on the left. Jonathan Adams is there in the background. Uh, You see Kimmy Wong over on the right. And the guy in the middle, that is John Mandraccia. He looks so much younger than I would have thought. That guy put on two Rocky Cons. That's crazy. I want it stated for the record that I think that John Mandraccia fucks. Mm. Look at him. He makes love. No, he does. <laughs> John Mandraccia is hot. I'm not afraid to say it. All right. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so here from the Transylvanian Upstate, uh, Volume 1, Issue 2, uh, we get the first hint that maybe Rocky conventions and costume contests aren't destined to be best friends. For some stupid questions were answered, the long and boring best costume judging began. So with over... 200 entries. It apparently took forever to get through. By all accounts, Sal tried his best as host, but how you manage a contest with 200 entries is beyond me. So, what did the winner get this time? Uh, This one's a little more saying. An autographed copy of the movie script uh, that was won by a dude who dressed as Dr. Scott. Jeez. They need to make these prizes less cool. No wonder they had 200 entries. Yeah. I mean, okay. So this con, there was also a ton of merch for sale. Uh, We know that Patricia sang science fiction double feature. Uh, She did it dressed as stage show Trixie, right? Complete with the Usherette outfit. Love. Super cool. Uh, Jonathan Adams, along with Pat, sang the Time Warp. Uh, Dory Hartley, again, the famous 8th Street Frank, sang Sweet Tea. And of course, the movie played. 
So by all accounts, it was a great fucking convention. These first two conventions run successfully by John Mandraccia and Paul Spiegel are pretty important in setting the tone for the fandom. Yeah, and they set the bar pretty damn high for conventions to come. The ability to get stars of the movie, the giant merch presents, the Q&A sessions, the costume contests. Well, maybe not that one. Right, but all these things that started so long ago, they're the formula for that many conventions have since followed. Like iterating on that initial idea. But hold on, we're two conventions in, maybe three if you count the birthday party in Austin, and we still haven't gotten to Rocky Con 1. I'm starting to think the first Rocky Con may not have been the first Rocky Con. What else does John Mandracia have in store? Okay, so sadly, John only ever threw the two conventions at the very beginning. Uh, fun fact, though, according to Mark Tomano, posted on the alt.cultmovies.rockyhorror news group, a long time ago, uh, John would reappear in 2001 to smooth over some negotiations in booking Patricia for the Frankie Goes to Hollywood convention hosted by Midnight Insanity. So here is a picture of him hugging Pat Quinn in front of the Roxy Theater. He's wearing a 69 t-shirt underneath a giant crotch promoting a Tomb Raider tie-in. Nice. Nice. I think that picture speaks for itself. (laughs) So let's get this thing back on track. We had two great conventions in 1978. What does 1979 have in store? Okay. A little bit of table setting here. So early in 1979, uh, a guy named David Hahn, he was a riffraff with the 8th Street cast and a board member of the fan club, introduced Sal Piro to his friend, Alex Gorby. So Alex quickly became integrated into the fan club, uh, taking on the role of business manager. He and Sal even flew to LA on their own dime to get permission from Fox to use the lips and the logo for the fan club. They used connections that they made on that trip, along with a deal with a magazine distributor, to expand the Transylvanian fanzine into a full-blown Transylvanian magazine. Their, their hopes were that 1979 would be the year that Rocky Con 1 would finally become a reality. But before they could, in July of 1979, the first annual Transylvanian convention was held on the West Coast at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Man, the fan club cannot catch a break, can they? Nope. Oh, no. So the... West Coast uh, first annual Transylvanian convention was organized by Rick Sloan, and all of this info uh, also comes from the Rocky Horror Wiki. Uh, The convention apparently featured a Superman cartoon marathon, a costume contest, of course, a screening of the spoof film Night of the Loving Dead. Spicy. Yeah. Uh, And the Rocky Horror Review live performance. So if you aren't familiar with the review, uh, it's one of the very earliest floor show casts on the West Coast. They performed at theaters all over California during the earliest days of the fandom. So finally, 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 after three or four conventions, depending on how you feel about Texas... They're not doing that great right now. No, finally, the fan club gets to take its turn with Rocky Con 1, which is probably not the best name for it at this point, but whatever, it's irrelevant. So according to Sal in Creatures, Alex Gorby and David Hahn wanted to produce Rocky Con 1, partnering with the fan club, of course. They were both already really active members of New York's 8th Street cast, with Alex serving as the business manager for the fan club. So the two formed a company, They put a down payment and they booked the Palladium in New York City for Saturday, October 28th, 1979. They even made a deal with a local promoter to co-sponsor a Rocky Horror Halloween party three nights later at the Roseland Ballroom. Like, this thing was going to be big. I feel a butt coming. (laughs) Yeah, you do. No, uh, how would that even, no, how? Yeah. How would that work? In, in men, the G-spot is the prostate. I yeah, know that, is. Aaron, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So, Big Butt, the name of the company that Alex and David started was called the Youth Entrepreneurial Services, which was abbreviated 
yes. Why would they go with a name that sounds like it should be printed on the side of a church van, you might ask? Well, because Alex was 19 and David was 16. Rut row, Raggy. Hold on, 16 running a convention? Okay, yeah, this is going to go well. Yeah, I could barely put pants on at 16, let alone run a whole fucking convention. But at first, it did go well. Like, the promoter for the Halloween party gave Alex and David funding to bring the stars from England in exchange for them appearing at his party at Roseland. They booked Richard, Pat, Jonathan Adams, Little Nell, Brian Thompson, and Sue Blaine. So early promotional materials also teased Dory, Sal, and Perry Bedden alongside a promised showing of the uncut Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, okay, I'm convinced that everyone organizing the event had the absolute of best intentions. So everything about the rest of this story really smacks of inexperienced organizing events, making the best out of a bad situation, and some poor decision-making. So I want to throw this out here because it might seem like we're poking fun at what happened next. That's not the intention. I would hope that considering it's been over 40 years that everyone can look back and laugh or at least not cry. Uh, So anyway, disclaimer over. (laughs) So the word goes out. RockyCon 1 is a go on October 28th at the Palladium in New York City with a follow-up party on Halloween night. And the community runs with it. So this might have been a combination of all the previous information that made its way about the fan club's earlier convention false starts, along with the dose of wishful thinking and rumor. But the speculation about the events for the convention quickly, as expected, spiraled out of control. Right. So in an October issue of the Transylvanian Upstate, It's reported that the evening will include a showing of a special version of the film, complete with outtakes and including a version of Sweet Transvestite that was too rude to be included in the final cut. Now, 40 plus years later, we all know that none of that content exists, or at least not in the form that anyone reading that description might expect. There are a handful of behind the scenes shots that were assembled into the documentary from what from that you can now see on the Blu-ray, and a few minor bloopers. I'm thinking of the one where Pat has trouble getting Barry's pants off after Time Warp. Which, actually, uh, that's a great shot for looking at Brad's pants. So Ruth pointed that out like years ago when she spotted it on the laser disc, but it still holds up. It is still one of the only places where you can see the construction of the fly on Brad's pants. Sounds like a fact that our writer Jacob would know. You'd think he would. Yep, and only a fact that you would fucking care about, Aaron. Sadly, my Brad Pants do not have a screen-accurate fly. Okay, but you looked, and that still makes it sad. Or, or awesome. Sure, buddy. So I feel like we're just about to get to the good part. We have a zany cast of characters woefully out of their depths and expectations from the fledgling community that are impossible to meet. And then everything turned out okay, right? Well, okay. So the day of the con rolls around and it turned out that there was no reserve cash to pay for the venue. See, everything had been paid for with advanced ticket sales. Ooh, ouch. Right. So the venue, not having been fully paid, rightfully tells the convention to go fuck off. So, okay, being Rocky people, they figured out a way to still make it work. Someone, we're not quite sure who, had a hookup at Club Heat which is a smaller venue in a much, much less enticing part of town. Uh, But they struck up a deal with the venue uh, to give the venue all of the ticket sales at the door and all of the food and drink sales throughout the night. So without this arrangement, the night surely would have just been a bust, but it would have some unfortunate consequences. Uh, I would like to state that for the record that the person who had the hookup at Club Heat, that was me. 
Ooh. John. Yeah. Wow, new facts. You shouldn't new facts. have. I know, right? You can all thank me. Everyone thank me in the chat. All thank this, you, more or less, is the straight account that Sal tells in Creatures of the Night. We do have access to a rather lengthy, girthy, and frankly scalding review of the convention from the Transylvanian Upstate fanzine that was published in the two months after the convention. Obviously, it's only one fan's experience, but it aligns with everything that we've seen from the other sources. This allows us some additional firsthand accounts from the event. So when people started showing up at the Palladium, they found it totally closed. A few staff members from the con were handing out flyers, directing everyone to the other side of town. When congoers arrived at Club Heat, they had to wait an extra two hours past the scheduled door time to even be let in. Because of the venue change, and rumor has it some heated confrontations with the convention organizers, many of the vendors decided it wasn't worth their time. To make matters worse, all the sellers' tables were crammed into a small room that barely fit 50 people. And when the show finally did start, it was standing room only for a large part of the audience. But this is where things did go right. All of the stars were introduced. Richard discussed shock treatment. And they all performed musical numbers from the film and bits of their club acts. Richard even pulled out a guitar and sang for a half hour. Multiple counts sing the praises of the stars that attended the event. They definitely made it worthwhile for a lot of the fans that had endured the frustrating venue change. Unfortunately, when the movie was shown, it wasn't the much-hyped, uncensored cut. No Brad Riff buttfuck scene. Nope, not yet. Nope, it was a badly beaten-up print. <laughs> now, okay, one of the reasons that we really, really felt it was necessary to run through all of this setup and give so much context around the lead up to Rocky Con 1 is because of this next bit. So about 15 years ago, Mike Russo uh, posted a series of videos to YouTube that he shot with Joe Marzano at Rocky Con 1. So they, th these two guys, they were based out of the mini cinema in Long Island. Uh, and he's also posted a handful of other videos that were taken around the same time frame like at 8th Street or like at the Mini. Um, I'm sure that some of you out there in the audience have seen these clips before, but I was just tickled silly at the idea of getting to tell this whole story and then have some actual footage from the night that we're talking about. It, it makes it feel so real. Um, so uh, without their permission at all, sorry, uh, we're going to go ahead and just play a little bit of it uh, right here. Dory Hartley, and uh, this is the face you see without the makeup on. But uh, later on, we'll have a lot of makeup and a lot of excitement. And here we are. That's the, Dr. Uh, Frankenfurter. That's the love of my life. And, uh, Honestly. Originally supposed to be at the Palladium. Dory Hartley fucks. Due to circumstances I swear to know nothing about, we're changed to be here. We have Little Nell, Richard O'Brien, Pat Quinn, um, Jonathan Adams, uh, me. Some other things, some Me. other surprises, and lots of things to talk about, and there'll be a questionnaire. It's a real, real nice place here, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more footage and coverage later on, right? So I hope you enjoy yourselves. I aspire wow. to be that type of famous so that I can be like, oh, the special guests are Richard O'Brien, Meatloaf, Barry Boswick, and me. <laughs> She's so fun. But we'll let that keep running in the background so you all can see some of the stars being interviewed at Club Heat before the general public was let in for the evening. Everybody looks so young. Like, look at Pat. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, literally, like, every single woman that is Pat's age right now had that hair. My <laughs> Nana has that hair, actually. Yeah, yeah and, and your Nana probably fucks. Thanks, John. You're welcome. But, you know, <laughs> so, you know, what happened? I mean, as we can see, Rocky prevailed. The fans all got to see the stars, and so do we, 42 years later. But what happened the next day, besides everyone waking up with that post-con hangover? Well, it's the same thing that happens the day after every con. Not all the bills are due. But this time, the organizers were broke. Does this bring back any anybody in the audience, anyone thinking of DashCon? Because like this is... This is it, right? The stars hadn't been paid, bills were piling up, and a tell-all exclusive in the Transylvanian update uh, reported that the stars didn't haven't even been told of the second engagement at the Roseland on Halloween night until they were already off the plane in New York. 
That's a big fucking yikes, right? So we can't verify that report from the Transylvanian upstate, but I I think that it's definitely safe to say that a ton of miscommunication occurred during the planning stages for RockyCon 1. That article, um, it's incredibly hostile, uh, and I can't verify a lot of the information in it, so I'm not going to repeat it all here. Maybe, I don't know, find me after the panel. That seems like something that I would probably spill over drinks while spilling drinks. <laughs> before, like real quick, before we move on to the Halloween party, I want to quickly show my favorite part of this video. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out right now. Here you go. I have the laser gun. See it? Original costume. And look, his riffraff space boot, size seven and a half. Look what else we got. This is Columbia's boa. Yes, the real one. And we got Transylvanian shoes. And over there, we got full costumes. There they are, Transylvania costumes, Magenta's garden. Over there. That guy. (laughs) That guy. Original Frankenfooter floor show shoes, the one that Tim Curry wore in the movie. As you can see, they're old by now. Anything of Rocky's? Like, can you just imagine how much the people on the Zoom call would pay just to be in the same room as some of those pieces, just to like smell Frank's shoes. And you hear the audacity of the guy at the end be like, you got any Rocky pieces? Like that wasn't fucking good enough. (laughs) I mean, we know like a bunch of the items that we just saw are in private collections now. Like I'm aware of vaguely the provenance of a few of them, but certainly not all of the pieces in that box are accounted for. It's just so weird to just like see them all in a suitcase like that. Those belong in a museum. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Rocky Con One proper wraps up with little fanfare, but only a few days later is the Rocky Halloween party, which feels a lot like Con Part Two. But first, there's the problem of all of those unpaid bills. In order to salvage this Halloween party, the promoter of the Roseland event ended up paying off a ton of the outstanding charges. This ensured that the stars would show up for his event that he had promoted all over the radio and in print. And in spite of all the obstacles from the con, the Halloween party fucking delivered. All the stars from the convention were at the party, with the exception of Richard. There was a massive costume contest, won hilariously for our story by the editor of the Transylvanian Upstate fanzine, Greg Kuritz, dressed as Brad. Everyone danced and partied all through the night, and at 3.30 a.m., the partygoers spilled out onto the streets and paraded down Broadway dressed in full costumes. And in the start of a longtime Rocky Horror convention tradition, Sal raffled off. Wait, did, did someone say Rocky raffle? Rocky raffle! <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm, Sal raffled off Janet's rain scene dress. Yes, the real one, because it's 1979 and shit like that is just sitting in Sal's closet. And he just raffled it away. Boom. Mind fucking blown. <laughs> so, it, I mean, right? <sighs> so absurd. So in, in the wake of this con... Uh, there were certainly a lot of hurt feelings and there was a huge shakeup within the fan club. I mean, even lawsuits were filed between the promoter for the Halloween party and the con producers. And when Sal tells this story in Creatures, he laments that the entire experience really left a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah, but I think in retrospect, that convention, in spite of the problems and the obstacles and the frustrations, it really puts a nice cap on the early conventions like Who cares that it wasn't actually the first? Depending on how you count, it was actually the fourth or fifth, despite still being referred to now as Rocky Con 1. And I think nothing demonstrates like how successful it was and how pivotal it was to the fandom that we all love and are here today to celebrate than this last clip that we're going to show. So this last thing is from the Halloween dance party, and it really it kind of speaks for itself. I can't help but smile seeing all of our Rocky family in the faces from that night. You could have told me that this upcoming clip was shot at RKO three and I would have completely believed you. Like I genuinely get a little choked up. It's like watching old home movies. You guys take a look.
Aaron, I'm offended that you got at RKO3, all right? My bald cap is way better than that. <laughs> Which one of these two guys are you? Tag yourself. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm the... I, I think I'm him. Oh, there you. I am. Yeah, yeah. that's you. <laughs> I'm Rocky smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and casually walking away. <laughs> Homie is done. He's out. Yeah, that's this is a vibe though. Like this is an absolute vibe. Yeah. That Dr. Scott invented the fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're 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 a lot better dancers now, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwback to RKO three where Harley was getting lap danced by like forty different people <laughs> at the party. Yeah. But you know, I think with that it's safe to say. That's our show. We want to thank TesseractCon and all the organizers, Tori, Harley, and everyone else so much for having us. Yeah, we'll make sure to post links to all the videos and references that we use for this episode to our social media. So you can follow us everywhere, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. And uh, don't forget to check out our website, uh, rockytalkypodcast.com. Uh, if you've got a question you want Nikki to ask for Nikki Asks a Question or a cool story you'd like to share with the community to let everyone know how magnum your dong is, maybe a special show you or your cast is doing, uh, or a fun Rocky project you're working on, we would love to feature it on the show. Just drop us a line by filling out the form over at rockytalkypodcast.com. And as always, we'll see you all next time. Bye! Bye. Oh my <laughs> fucking god! Sorry, Hartley, hit me up. <laughs>Let's see. Let me go through these here. I'm going to read these out. Uh, if anyone has more, please feel free to unmute and ask or just like hit us up in the chat. We'll answer them in order. Uh, so, okay, let me let me see what we got here. So I was first, seeing in chat that people were asking for the links for the videos. Is it safe to say that they'll be in our show notes? Oh, yeah, they'll be in the show. We're going to put up show notes uh, on the website for this thing. Uh, all the links will be on there. And I think we might even turn this into a little thing so they might get uh, posted everywhere that you can find it. But yes, we'll make those all available. Daddy's show notes. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> it, it is daddy's show notes. Okay. Yeah. So first question I've got here um, from Brandy from JCCP. Uh, I'm fascinated that the that so much of the book appears handwritten. Is it all like that? No typesetting. So all of those uh, handwritten bits that you saw were from the actual first four Transylvanian fanzines. Uh, Creatures of the Night is, you know, a fully produced book and whatever. But those original fanzines uh, were done with hand-done letter printing. Uh, I think most of it was done by Dory. Uh, I know most of the artwork in there was done by Dory. Uh, some of it might have been by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lauren, I think, who was one of the, the original uh, editors for it. But uh, yeah, the first four issues are all in that weird ass hand kind of scrawled style. It's this really light font that like, I don't know if anybody out there geeks over fonts, but like, I absolutely love this thing. Maybe I'll make a font out of it someday. But yeah, that's what those are. <laughs> you really should. So, okay. Uh, second thing from Steve Work. Uh, he says, I seem to remember a wealth of audio that exists from that convention. So perhaps that would clear some things up. Pretty sure it's on Madman Mike's The R Files bootleg. Uh, yes, I would love to see that. Uh, I will have to hit Madman up. I am fascinated, by that. especially if it contains stuff like Twisted Sister from, you know, the very first con or any of that kind of stuff. Like, that would be cool. If anybody out there has any hint about, like, yeah. Oh, let me see what's going on here. I haven't seen this. Oh, okay, RockyCon 1. Um, yeah, so there, there definitely is the video that's out there from uh, Mike and uh, uh, Mike Russo and John, the other one. Uh, but that's the only thing that I'm aware of. Uh, I would probably guess that there's tons of audio there. There certainly was a huge like media presence. Uh, it was well promoted and all that kind of stuff. So uh, very cool. 
very cool. I'll have to hit Madman up. I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. Give me more content, Madman. <laughs> uh, Rowan asks, what is John Mandraccia up to nowadays? Uh, unfortunately, John passed away a few years back. I'm not sure exactly when, but I know it was, uh, I think, 10 years ago or so. Um, so one of the last things that he would have done involved in the Rocky Horror community was helping out Mark Tomeno uh, with Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, I don't really know a whole story there, uh, and Mark's not really around in the community to ask anymore, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I know about that. Um, let's see. And oh yes, where can we watch the convention videos? They're on YouTube. Um, they're a little hard to find because the search terms are really bullshit. So we will drop all of those into show notes. And honestly, if you can't wait to see them and you want to watch them like right now, ping ping me after this and I will send you the links right away. I just put a couple more in the doc. Meg says we have some more questions in the doc. So let me so, take a look uh, at those. You want to read these, John? Yeah, I got you. So one of them uh, for oh, Alex says... Doc. I've never seen Rocky Horror, and this is my first time watching the podcast. I really fuck with the community, but I'm not sure where to start. Uh, well, Alex, um, I would say that the the first thing that you should probably start with if you want to kind of vibe with the community is uh, watch the movie first so you know what we we're talking about. I think that that might be your uh, your number one star. And um, I'm not going to gatekeep like the best way to see the show because honestly, I don't give a fuck how you watch it. Just watch it. Uh, whether it's in your house alone on your laptop in incognito mode. I don't know uh, whether it's, you know, in with the Friday night specials, like when they're doing the live performance, do whatever you want first, but just make sure that you have that basis. And then from there, that's kind of, at least in my own experience with people who kind of want to giving off point because then you find one aspect of the show that you really find interesting, whether it's the history like Aaron you know, whether it's uh, the evolution of the performance aspect of the show, like me, uh, like there, there's always something that I think everybody in the community kind of grasps on and kind of kind of creates their specialty of. But I think that, you know, really analyzing the movie for itself first and kind of figuring out what you think your niche would be in there, even if it's a niche that's already occupied. Uh, I think that that's probably uh, the best start. And then you should join the Shadowcast. Well, you can't. <laughs> And then oh. you should go see the show. Yeah, <laughs> that then. But yeah, that's a, that's exactly you know what I would say. I mean, it's how I got into it. I first was aware of the of it on I think VH1 or something was probably one of the first places I saw it, and then I just watched it on a loop, and then eventually was able to go you know join a cast and all of that. So you find the bit that really you can latch on to for sure. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, a question from Hadrian. Want to read this one, John? Uh, Hadrian asked. What about international convention? One. I only know the one in Berlin. Do you have some in your head, Aaron? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I am not aware of any international conventions until you get into the 80s. Um, there's definitely a ton of stuff that starts showing up in 81, 82. Uh, and then you have all of the stuff in Japan in the mid 80s and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, the... Transylvania or the uh, the UK conventions uh, aren't until 92, I think is the first one. Um, so I'm not really aware of any of the conventions that happened like way in the early time, but I would not be surprised if one did. And I just am not aware of it. There's so much info all over the place and especially internationally, it's really hard to kind of find some of those resources. Um, there's a couple of books. I actually have them. One of them's in, uh, Italian. One of them is in, uh, Spanish. Uh, I'm sure that they will give me the answer to that, but I cannot read Italian or Spanish. So I'm gonna have to sit here with like my phone and have it Google translate for me to try and read these stupid fucking books. I have not gotten around to that yet. <laughs> uh, so we got another question, uh, and it says, How's BB doing? Did we check on him after Jacob went to Florida? I believe our writer Jacob is actually in the call right now. If he'd like to unmute and turn on his camera and let us know if we can confirm BB's safety at this time. Yo, yo. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> hey, dude. Hello. Hey, so good to see you. our writer. Nice to meet you. So good to be here. How's everyone doing? So, Jacob, could you tell everybody uh, who BB is? Yeah, very 
that's Barry Boswick, um, my butt boy, my uh, bodacious Barry, a man I am very much attracted to and cannot get enough of. I am constantly stalking him with some cameras I have placed in his Florida home when I was down there this past winter. And I can confirm that uh, he's doing fine. You know, he goes for an afternoon walk about 2.30 every day, and I think that's really good for him. Um, but I am not interfering with him. You know, he does have the restraining order in place. So what can you I'm do? Not, I'm not interfering with him while he has cameras in his house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing to look at a man while he's changing. It's another to grope his penis while he's doing it, you know? Oh my God. God damn it. Well, you know, on that topic as well, we have another question from Rowan. Who do you have a crush on in Rocky Horror? I think we all know Jacob's answer. Wait, so uh, are we talking about like the community like, or the movie? Yeah, because those are two very different answers. Both. Both. All right. Um, <laughs> movie. Movie for me, I, um, I, I'm. For lack of better ways, I'm a slut for Susan Sarandon. Like, absolutely a slut for Susan Sarandon. Um, community, though, um, it's got to be 13. Mm. It's got to be. fair for me. I'm obsessed with 13, and I don't care who knows it. I really am. Uh, let's see. It's it's not Rowan. It's not Rowan. Despite yes. popular opinion and what all of y'all may think, it's not Rowan. I'm obsessed with John. Oh, gosh. Uh-oh. I'm blushing. I think my Rocky crush is probably Little Nell. Like, specifically, like, stilettos and lipstick era Little Nell. Um, shock treatment Little Nell, right, really is for me. Uh, in the community, I only have one answer. That would be my wife, Meg. Oh, my uh, God. I know. Boring. I'm sorry. Meg I'm is disappointed. He- <laughs> Give a real answer. <laughs> Well, okay, this is the time. I'm going to tell you, Nikki. Um, this has all been a ruse. <laughs> nah, that's, that's all I got. Sorry. Um, I'm dying now. I feel bad because my answer is also little now. Um, however, I feel like I like her more than Aaron does because <laughs> I, I do everything better. Um, this is a terrible question. I hate this question. I don't know enough people in the community to do this. Um, I'm going to go with my Rocky Horror community crush is Jamie from the Buffalo cast. Mm. I feel like that's my answer. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, wait, yes. Sam said that Meg needs to answer. Oh, yeah. Meg does need to answer. Oh, Meg, you need to answer. (laughs) Um, Oh, um, Sam, are you kidding me? You are my number one community (laughs) crush as though I don't talk about it enough on the podcast. I'm talking over there, but I'm looking over here. Uh, (laughs) Audio's weird. Um, And Eddie, I'm a slut for meatloaf. Hardcore, please give me a bear. (laughs) Um, Uh, I just want to, I want to read this comment out loud because it makes me sad. Uh, I will say, having now seen her, I'm less afraid of Nikki than I was hearing her on the podcast. She seems less mean now. Hi, I'm well, just that, here. <laughs> that was the point of doing it live, Nikki. Now everyone knows the true you. I guess so. Hi, yeah. I'm very nice. No, trust me, she's still mean <laughs> as shit. Yeah. So mean. <laughs> Fuck you both. Oh. Anyway. But I do think that that is just about the end of our time. It we got is one more, Aaron. O'clock. Oh, we got one more? Yeah, yeah. Tori and Harley had asked, but who got all those incredible prizes from the raffles and how do we find them? You know, well, I mean, we know where the rain scene dress is, right? Like, doesn't Larry have that? Maybe not. I know he has the Columbia boa. I don't know. I don't know who has the... Because Megan Tabor had it for at one point and then yeah i don't know somebody out there is going to have the correct answer to that ruth ruth will probably have the correct answer go ask ruth (laughs) yeah and that was everything okay thank you so much you guys thank you thank you so much and that's our first ever live show we had a wonderful time getting to collaborate with the Staycation Con Committee to make this show happen, and we are really looking forward to more live events in the future. We hope it was as much fun to listen to as it was to be part of. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. 
And again, we want to thank Tori and Harley for hosting us, as well as the other members of the con committee who worked so hard to give us all a phenomenal weekend. We also want to thank our writer, Jacob, for this week's script. You're awesome, dude, and we really appreciate everything you do for our show. And all you people who came out for the con, you're why we do this. So thank you so much. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled fuckery next week. We promise. Don't worry. If anyone has a question they'd like us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question, or some community news they'd like us to talk about, or even a cool story to share with the community, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to share with us. And if you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, which really helps us grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye! Bye! See ya! Bye 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 bye. Bye. Hello. That was that was a nice little. Hello to all you unconventional. All right. Good night. I'm stopping the recording. It's very exciting, but we have so much unpacking to do that it is daunting. It's just daunting. Maybe cheer that up a little bit. Something <laughs> nice. We're so excited to be back in Manhattan. Maybe we don't give him a downer. Well, I mean, he uh, he has a uh, text written here. Yeah. You can fl- you just flow into that, yeah. And speaking of having busted my ass this week, getting moved and spending the past couple of days trying desperately to transform our new apartment from a box-filled storage unit into, you know, an apartment. We also wanted. We also want to Jacob. <laughs> I. I mean, we- I don't know about y'all, but I really want to Jacob right now. <laughs> if you know what I mean.